Welcome to another edition of the Secret to Success podcast. I'm your host, CJ, joined by the man that they say has never slept. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I don't, mm. Is that true? Ever? I don't know. They said he's <laughs> now, never been to sleep. Hey, now I did hear dudes say E.T. don't own a bed, but I, I, have, a, I have a pretty expensive bed, actually. Well, have you used it, though? That's uh, the question. Well, I, a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Because they say you never sleep. I've been on the road with you several times, and I can neither confirm nor deny the rumor. Right. So, right. you know, uh, <laughs> I, I'll just, we'll just leave it up in the air, man. But, right, um, right up in the air. Yeah, thank you guys for joining us, man. Again, this is, uh, I believe, episode six, man. So we're rolling mm. through this thing. We're bringing it to you every mm. week, live and direct. We appreciate all the feedback, uh, Twitter, Instagram. You guys been showing love. It's crazy. I do have a quick request from you guys. If you could help us out when you get on iTunes, uh, write a review for us. All right. And they're, they're saying that, um, you know, the reviews will help us jump into the new and noteworthy. Apparently, we're in the old and haggard section right now. So, you know what I'm saying? We, we need to step our jump. game up, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We try to jump up in there with the, with the big time guys. So, no, seriously, guys, if you could jump on iTunes, man, if you like the show, you like what we're doing. You want to see us uh, keep bringing this to you every week. Spread the word. Tell your friends about it and jump on iTunes and write a review for us. Let us know how you like it. Uh, we'll be sure to get all your feedback. You know, we'll read your comments, you know, on the podcast, things of that nature. So thank you for supporting us. Episode six. I'm going to just jump right into it, man. I, I want to, man, because, you know, E.E. and I are, are big time sports fans and um, I saw, you know, the other night, you know, I don't watch a whole lot of NBA. But I do like to watch Golden State when they play just because I'm just so impressed by how, um, you know, Curry has been able to dominate the league this year. And I don't know if you saw it the other night, E, but the boy went off for 37 points on the Spurs. And I, I'm not going to lie, after they beat the Cavs, I was kind of like, okay, the Cavs might not be ready for him, but the Spurs going to give him a game. And it came on late, but I really wanted to watch it. And I'm, I'm talking about it was over probably at the end of the first quarter. The game was over. Curry was just dominating. I'm looking at him. Kawhi Leonard, one of the best defenders in the NBA. And Curry is just out there giving him the business. And for those of you who heard it, we read his scouting report. And, man, you talk about phenomenal will. This kid was out there. He just giving buckets, shaking people up, hitting the three, fade away, and just making it look easy. And they end up just routing the Spurs, who had only lost a few games this year themselves. And I looked at it, E, and I was just like, wow, this is incredible. And you know I'm a huge LeBron fan. I'm, I'm LBJ. Me and you have had several arguments about LeBron and his <laughs> prestige. And, you know, not that you're not a LeBron fan, but maybe I thought a little higher of him than you did. And I, I, I'm ready to say it. I'm, I'm ready to cross over to the other side. Man, Stephen Curry is the best player in the NBA right now, bro. Now, let's just make it clear, though, because I don't want people to think that that was the argument. It was an MJ LeBron yes, argument. Yes, it was a so, Jordan yeah, yeah, argument. Yeah, yeah. And, for, and before yeah. everybody on the podcast listening starts criticizing me and chewing me out, it was probably four or five years in, I was saying that he had the potential to be better than MJ. And oh, he I like how he stretched the potential, y'all. I like how he stretched the potential, y'all. <laughs> it's a new era, man. You got free no agency doubt. going crazy. You got all kind of stuff, man. And no I will doubt. stick by the fact that, you know, LeBron has never had a Phil Jackson. He's never had a Scottie Pippen. He's been a one-man band, and he got two rings so far. So I'm still believing there's more rings in the future. But um, Curry and the Warriors, man, is going to make that tough. And so as you watch the game and as you watch Curry, you know, quickly your thoughts before we transition into Yeah, well, you know, stuff. I'm going to be honest, see, man, um, you know, I, I saw it that morning when I was working out 
or Sports Center. Those West Coast games are too a little too late for the kid. But um, you know, I I I never thought I would say this, you know, because I had an opportunity to see Michael Jordan uh, create a legacy, a dynasty. Scottie Pippen, you know, uh, Phil Jackson and the crew. And I, I'll be honest, I never thought. Uh, first of all, I never thought it would happen. And then after it happened, I, I never thought it would happen again. And I can honestly say that we might be potentially. How about I use that word? Potentially, potentially we might yeah. be looking at uh, another dynasty, man. We might be looking at another dynasty. These guys might hit the 72, 10, you know, they, I don't, they might hit the 74, 8. I don't know. But these guys might back to back, three peak, back to back, three peak, four right, peak. Right. They, I mean, you know, I don't know, man, but they, they're looking like this might be a dynasty. And I don't see unless, you know, I can't foresee something happening, uh, you know, a trade in the NBA or some, you know, I don't know. That could change the destiny of this team. It looks like they have their destiny in their hands. So it's yeah, man, unbelievable, you know, you got man. Injuries, you got other things that can Absolutely. happen. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, free agency, you know, guys get, you know, maybe a couple chips and guys get the big head and, you know, the chemistry isn't what um, it used to be. But as of now, man, it, it's hard to disagree. I mean, I think they got four losses. We're like more than halfway through the season and they got four losses, which is crazy. Shout out to the Pistons, though, for being one of those teams that was able to knock them off. <laughs> Drummond and Jackson and the boys Detroit got it done. Detroit yeah, basketball. Yeah. So, yeah, no, nah, man. But I, I, what I wanted to do is kind of transition this into, you know, you look at Curry and all of his greatness, right? And And I think about it in terms of, you know, the business world and kind of our business and how we started our company. And, you know, people might look at our team and go, um, you know, E obviously is the Curry of our team. But if you look at Curry, the reason the Golden State Warriors have been able to be successful is not just Curry, right? You got Draymond, you got Iguodala, you got Bogut, you got um, Clay Thompson, the other Splash brother. And they come together and play as a collective unit. And as people look at us, one of the things you always, you know, tell people who hit you up and they're like, E, I want to do what you do. I want to be what you be. And you always have a piece of advice for them. And you tell them, like, look, you're trying to be me, but you don't have a team around you. And so if you could talk to, you know, the people about the team concept, you know, the Michael Jackson concept, you know, kind of that thing that you went through. Because for those of you listening who don't know, E actually had a team before the current team that he has. And so can you kind of talk about that and, and, and how much the team um, has impacted you, your career, and what we've been able to do? Well, you know, uh, first and foremost, see, I don't think there are a lot of people uh, who follow us who truly know um, the E.T. story. And so I've, I've literally had what some would call two careers. You know, when you think about, um, you know, the beginning of my career without social media, but it was still very... Uh, impactful. See, um, I did a lot of work in colleges, a lot of work in high schools, you know, uh, middle schools. Uh, for those of you who read the book Secret to Success, uh, which was our, uh, our freshman project, uh, you will hear me talk about going to Bermuda, uh, traveling to a lot of the major colleges, uh, detention centers, youth detention centers. So, you know, I, I had literally two careers. So there was this time frame in the, in the mid 90s, you know, to the early 2000s, about 2003, where churches, I was blazing the trail. Um, I had gone to Canada by that time, a little international work, uh, invitations like even to Japan, you know, so that, that was the first 
you know, half of ET. Then, of course, I came and worked on my master's and kind of took a hiatus for a minute. And then I got back to work again in 2005. And so I picked up this 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 youth youthful team. Uh, CJ was my grad assistant. You know, I had Carl, you know. And so what I tell people is I was what you would consider Michael Jackson with, um, let's say, Motown. You know, and Mike was, don't get it twisted. You know, Mike was doing his thing. You know, Mike had off the wall. And you saw Mike, you know, uh, in this room, if you will, sitting on a stool, you know, just, just singing and doing his thing, you know. Um, you know, got me working day and night. You know, Mike was doing his thing. Got me working midnight. You know, right, so right. M- Mike was killing it, y'all. No, 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 no questions asked. But when Mike got with Quincy Jones, see, understand what I'm saying? When Mike got with a team, like before it was him and his brothers, his family, his father, and no disrespect, like his father did a phenomenal job of introducing Mike to the world. But I don't know, you know, how much of a just pure student of music he was. And then Quincy Jones took over and we know Quincy was a genius. Like Quincy, I would say, was to Michael Jackson what Phil Jackson was to Michael Jordan. Hmm. And so, you know, when, when, when I began to work with CJ and the crew, CJ was uh, what I would consider to be, you know, a Quincy Jones. And so, yes, I was the talent, but the whole brand. And, that, and that, that's what that's what we can't we cannot deny that Quincy didn't help Mike sing better. Come on. We're not going to sit here and say that, you know, whatever. But we know that the, the brand we didn't know Michael Jackson as Michael Jackson, more like the Jackson five. And what Quincy did was he branded him the Pepsi, you know, the 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 the, the beat it, uh, you know, the Thriller, the Billy Jean, the moonwalk, Jean, baby. The moonwalk you know, the 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 the, the uh, platinum, if you will, the silver, you know, gloves and the, the 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 you know the shoes. Like he took Mike to to that level where he branded Mike, and Mike became a household name, not just in the United States of America, but there was a time where Michael Jackson was the most of a, a, a known entertainer in the world, you know? And so I think that's what happened with, with, with me on my second uh, opportunity, you know, is that uh, CJ took the brand and took it to another level. And then you had C, uh, you had a uh, Carl who came along with, who was a biology major and was able to bring that skill set to videography and take it into the lab. You know, that's a lot of kids, ET, we doing videos, but they just doing videos. You know, they, they're, 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 they're kind of, you know, just kind of playing with it, if you will, whereas Carl is a science to him. And so between what Carl was able to do in terms of the social media presence and, and really creating this level of excellence in terms of motivational speaking and videography and introducing that to the world. And, and so for years, see, we have been dominant in terms of motivational speakers, like the numbers that we get are similar numbers to what entertainers get. And so that was the difference, guys. That that was the difference. The difference was the crew I was with before, you know, we were peers. We were colleagues. Like, we were close in age. So they didn't have the same, I'll put it like this. They had sight, but they did not have vision, right? They had sight. They they, they saw some of the things I saw. We were doing some of the things I was doing, but they didn't have a vision. And, And what C and Carl were able to do was to create that sight, and the vision and turn this into a brand, a recognizable brand so that, yup, you TV, yup, we were on TV, yup, we uh, voiceover work, yup, commercials. Like, we're at a point now where we have 
legitimate companies calling us, uh, asking us to do commercials, you know, for them. So I think that was the difference. And I just want to say to everybody that's out there, like you have to understand no man is an island, that there are certain levels that you will not reach alone. There are certain levels that you can never accomplish uh, uh, by yourself, that while you are gifted and you are talented, you do have blind spots. We said in average skill, phenomenal will, that, that the inability to self-assess. And 90% of the people who call me, 90% of the people who are trying to go to the next level don't have a CJ. 90% of the people that are calling me don't have a Carl. 90% of the people that I know are speaking, are filming, are editing, are writing their own scripts 100%, right? And they don't have that that iron sharpening iron. They don't have that accountability. And I think that's what makes me different. I'm not Carl, like Eric start all over again. That was whack. Eric, I don't like the energy. Eric, that, uh, you didn't enunciate that uh, properly. Eric, that what, CJ, E, you know, and so I'm not putting out junk or I'm not putting out stuff that I think is sweet, but here we have a group of people who are coming together as one. We're, we're, we're operating on one accord and we're tightening up the ship from every single angle. So you have no, I mean, there's no options but for me to be successful, see? So just wanna say those of you out there on the solo, make up in your mind at some point that you will no longer be on the solo. And if you wanna be Michael Jordan and, and, and get this type of success that the Bulls have, you gotta get your Scotty, you gotta get your Cartwright, you gotta get your Dennis Rodman, you gotta get your BJ Armstrong, you gotta get your Paxton, you know, you got you got to get a team around you, Phil Jackson. You got to get you got to get the right people around you so you can take off and get to the next stratosphere. Yeah, and I think if more people understood that, guys, and now the reason behind we're going this deep into it is because we know that there's a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of speakers, a lot of small business owners who, you know, are listening to this and you're trying to get to that next level and you're trying to get to, you know, blow up. And you have to understand that the reason that we speak with so much passion and credibility is because we literally started with nothing, right? We had no budget, no sponsors, no anything. And we built this into a multi-million dollar company and we did it through teamwork and we did it through, you know, investing into each other and pouring into each other. Now, I know that people are sitting out there listening to you, E, and they're like, bet, I need to go find my CJ. I need to go find my Carl. I need to build my team. How were you able to do that? Because it's easier said than done, right? Like everybody would love to go out and find people and, you know, everybody would love to have high level talent that's willing to grind with them and work with them. How were you able to, you know, and I know how, but just from your perspective as the leader, how were you able to get, you know, guys like Carl and I under your influence so that we would work with you, so that we would grind for you every day and come together as a team and just believe in this dream and make it happen. Even when you couldn't pay us, you know, any, any money, even when you couldn't, you know, just take us on trips and ball out, you know, you were still able to get that commitment and buy-in from us. What was it that you did from your perspective that allowed you to get that? Cause there's people out there right now, like I feel you eat, I hear you, I'm ready to build my team but I don't even know where to look. I don't even know how to get started with that. What would you say to them? Add value. Add value. Flat, let me say it one more time. Add value. And I think the problem with most people is you're trying to take from people before you even give. You know, and mm. that's, to me, that's a, that's a huge mistake that so many people want make. You know what you want, and you're trying to get people to help you, but you're not doing anything for them. Add value. Add value. So, so let me just break it down for you guys real quick. I met CJ through his father. 
right? And CJ, uh, his father, he has a very close relationship with his sons, all right? All three, a very close relationship. And so we spent some time together with a mutual friend. We were doing mentoring. We both were, you know, in our lane doing what we do. We met each other over lunch. And he said, look, I got a, a son on college, like uh, on, on a college campus. Like I've done, I've poured into my son. I've been to all their football games. You know what I'm saying? I've been there for him since they were a child. Been there for him in school. Like I've been there for these guys. But there's another level that I want them to get to. And, and, and I know that what I see for my son and the values that I have for my son, I know you can help me reinforce those. And so that's exactly what I did. You know, that's exactly what I did. I didn't do anything big. I added value. I, I explained to see you need to go to college. You know, yeah, I, I know you got your four year degree, but you need to get that that master's degree. Right. And was able through my influence to get him a graduate assistantship. Right. We ate lunch together. You know, um, I, I mean, I, I, we, we spent time together. I gave him whatever insight I could. You know, wh wh whenever I would travel somewhere, I would try to take C with me. And, you know, mm -hmm. I just try to pour into him like uh, whatever I could do, anything I could do to assist him in any way. His car broke down. I was there. I was trying to be there like, oh, you need me to drop you off. Or you need me to help pick up the car. Whatever I could do. I, I did what I could do. Now, at that time, I probably wasn't, you know, in the place that I am now. But at that time, I did whatever I could do. Carl, most people don't know. I didn't meet Carl through Carl, just like CJ. I met Carl through his brother. His brother and I are closer in age. His brother and I had a relationship. And his brother graduated from Michigan State, Ph.D. in organic chemistry, and took a professorship at another university. And was like, yo, E, I'm out. If you could just do me a huge favor. He being the oldest of the two. And for the most part, they hadn't really split that much other than school. Like they, he, he, Glenn was there for his brother. He was just like, E, just whatever you can do, man, look out for my brother. I was like, all right, no problem. You know, so um, there were some situations along, uh, also with Carl in school. And I was able to use my influence to as much as I could assist him, you know, to make some things happen. You know, him being an international student at the time. And so I just whatever I could do, man, give him a ride. I, I remember there's a time where, you know, they didn't have transportation. And so, you know, I would let him borrow my truck with no strings attached. I didn't ask for things, didn't want anything. You know, I would take these guys to lunch. I just I just I added value. That was the and Barbados left with that. When oh, you let him oh, yeah, yeah, he was he was getting there, though. He was learning <laughs> the American way. He was learning. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 hey, it, hey, uh, hey, Carl, hey, hey, me and Carl, hey, but hey, it was only on, once. Though, Carl, the, it was only up. once. He didn't do it twice. Let me he learned from his mistake. You it, know, it, so. It, 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 yeah, no, there's so many moments, e, and, and that was one of the moments, you know, that this was early on, guys. He had a, a, a Suburban, and back then the Suburban was sweet, you know, and we and Carl and I were driving, and we're driving down a one-way, and it's two lanes, right? So we're in the right lane and the left lane next to us, we're both going the same direction. Carl, I don't know what he was thinking, but we were going to, I think, Chipotle or Qdoba or something, and Carl makes a left and goes, tries to go across the other lane and there was a car coming up on our left side and my man just smashes into Carl. And I'm like, yo, Carl, he's like, yo, I can't do that. And so ever since then, we kind of been calling it the Barbados left because Carl's from Barbados. So obviously, you know, he grew up driving on an island. It's a little different. And so he smashed each truck and it had like a big dent in the front. Luckily, I don't know if the guy didn't have insurance or what, but he was just like, y'all good? Anybody hurt? Nope. Poop. And he skirted out. And so me and Carl were left there. But here goes one of the things that was crazy that, you know, kind of you know put me on the E and what he was about. We got back to the office and me and Carl were in the ride like, Shoot, man, he gonna be mad when we get up there. He was like, man, we done dented his truck up, whole nine. So Carl goes up there, he's like, E, man, I don't, 
I don't know how to tell you this. He was like, uh, I was driving, man, and I, 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 dude, I tried to turn, it was Barbados left, and <laughs> dude smashed me. And he was like, oh, that's it? Y'all good? And we were like, yeah, we all right. He was like, so no, I'm saying y'all not hurt or nothing. I was, he was like, Carl was like, no, we smooth. He was like, oh, okay. And he never said a word about it. And the crazy thing is he didn't go out there and check on the car, the truck. He wasn't concerned about the truck. He, we went out for lunch like two hours later. Or, or, no, we went out for dinner two hours later. And I promise you, he never even went around to the side to look at the truck. To that, I, don't, I don't know if he ever saw it. He never even paid attention. And you know, we, we, we I we saw like, it when my wife saw it. Yeah, we were like, you ain't mad. And, and you know, that was one of the things where I was like, wow, he really don't trip off the material things. He never even got it fixed. He was just like, whatever, y'all good, I'm good. And I was like, wow, like it kind of showed me like, yo, he really not on that materialistic stuff. Like some dudes would have been tripping going through it. He was like, yo, it's a truck, bro. But I think, you know, going back to what we talked talked about in terms of, you know, you and, and the buy-in from Carl and I, and absolutely you added value, but I think, you know, beyond adding value, one of the other important things that you did for us was you gave us a vision, right? Like he told us long ago that we would be in the position that we're in right now. He told us long ago that we'd be, you know, changing lives across the country, that we'd be touring in other countries. He told us all these things a long time ago, and he got us to believe in the dream and buy into it. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like Carl and I were, you know, just like on the side, like, yo, E, let us know what you need us to do. We began to push and advance the vision forward ourselves, right? We took the vision and ran with it. It wasn't a situation where we were sitting by the side of the road, just kind of like, yo, let us know when you need, need us. He had expressed the vision to us so much that we bought into the vision and we began to push every agenda forward. And so I think that's another main thing that if you're trying to build a company and you're trying to recruit people and you can't pay them what other big box companies can pay them, what value can you add one, but then can you get them to buy into your vision? Can you get them to believe that if they stick with you, if they're the people that stick with you, they'll be at the top with you eventually. And that's what happened for Carl and I. And trust me, we had other people come through the organization by the dozens who would come in and help and they'd be there for a week and they leave and they'd be there for a month and they leave and I guess you know what I'm trying to get to is because we believed in the vision we are the ones who are now reaping the benefits of the success because Absolutely. we stuck with it because Absolutely. of that vision because of that buy-in and other people weren't able to do that so if you can add value and get your team to buy into your vision get somebody like myself who had a degree, who had things going, who had job offers, opportunities, somebody like Carl, who is a borderline genius, you know, could have been in science, could have been in doing a million different things to get us to buy in for years without getting a paycheck, just believing that one day we would get to a certain level. I think that point e is also critical, being able to establish that vision because some people, you want people to work with you and then they say, okay, cool, I'm down. You know, I love what you're doing. I love the movement. Where are we going? And you just say, uh, well, I'm, I'm not really sure, you know, what, what's the long-term goal? What's the short-term goal? You don't really know. And one thing he always pressed to us was if we stick with it, I can't tell you when it's going to happen, but it's yeah, going to happen. Gonna happen. So, yeah, yeah, it's going to happen. Being a leader, man, expanding yeah. that vision, I think is crucial yeah, as well. Yeah, e. yeah. And, I, and for me, it's like, you know, see, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to prepare for this half marathon. You know, I'm trying to get in 10 miles a day, you know, five walk, five run Ooh. and kind of build up. And, um, you know, it was funny to first, maybe two weeks, I had gotten on the treadmill, I mean, on the uh, scale, and was a little, you know, I, I won't use the word discouraged because it's not like, you know, I'm trying to um, 
you know, necessarily be a certain weight. But I got on there and it didn't match. I was like, man, I'm putting in all of this work, like, and it don't match. And what hit me was, like, E, there's no way you're gonna get on here and do 10 a day. There's no way. There's no way you're gonna stop eating after six. There's no way you're gonna change your diet. No way you're gonna, you know, hit that, that big breakfast first, you know, the king size breakfast, a queen size lunch, you know, and a beggar's, you know, dinner. There's no way you're gonna switch up all of this and not, you, you understand what I'm saying? See, and not see a difference. Like, it's not possible. You, there's no way you're going to be obese if you follow that regiment, you know, five, six times a week. It's just not possible. I don't even care if you, you, you splurge see on the seventh day. Like it, if you're putting in six days where you grind it like this, you're going to see the benefits. And what I tell people is, you know, if you are getting up grinding, if you are putting in the hours, if you're being efficient and effective, if you are if you have a vision. And, and you're working toward that vision, if you're being proactive and not reactive, if you're not just on activities, but productivity, see, it's going to happen. It's no, you reap what you sow. You're not gonna put in a million apple seeds and get back a half a million pears, you know, a, a quarter million uh, peaches, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and a quarter million apples. It don't work like that. You reap what you sow. So if you, you know, like I told you guys, if we stick with the plan, if we put in the hours, if we put in the work, eventually we are going to see the fruits of our labor. And, and I'm going to be real. I know I told you guys that we were going to get to a certain place, but some of it is even like some of the stuff, see, that we're experiencing, some of the influence that we have. Now, I think that's what I'm on. The money part, the engagements, you know, what we're able to do. I, I get that. But the influence we have now, see, I never could imagine that we'd have this type of influence and this type of impact, not just on a certain demographic, you know, not just on a certain age group, not just a certain social economic. Man, we have an influence that's beyond all of that. And it is it is truly amazing. So I just want to say to those of you who are out there who, who meet the criteria that I just uh, laid out, if you continue to do that, there's absolutely no way that one day will not be your day. One day is going to be your day. Yeah, no, man, and the team has, has grown considerably uh, because of what he was able to lay forward. And, you know, it really was, you know, a sequential process in that, you know, he got me to buy into the vision first, I think, and I was able to get Carl to buy into the vision. And then once we bought into the vision, we knew we had to master something, right? And I think that's the second point I want to move to is mastery because people call me all the time, Ian, forgive me because I get frustrated, but people call me to email me, yo, see, I want to work with the team, right? I want, uh, how can I be on the team? Where can I put in my application? And I'm asking them, what do you do, right? And, and they're not really able to tell me, right? right? They say, well, like I could do... You know, I'm, I'm, I kind of uh, dabble in the graphic design. I do this, I do that. Listen to me, if you're out there, I need you to master one thing, right? People don't understand. The reason that E was with Warren Buffett, the reason why he's in these big meetings with CEOs and billionaire hedge fund investors and, you know, all these big dogs, you know, in banks and things like that is because he's mastered one thing, right? He's mastered the art of speaking, the art of inspiring and motivation. He's mastered that one thing. And some of you, you're hitting us up. You want to work with people. You want to start a company. You want to start a business and you have not mastered one thing. If I tell you, and, I, and the reason this came to me, I was driving home from the gym today and I was listening to a commercial on the radio. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, we do, you do it too. And you kind of taught me the process is like 
everything that you take in through all five of your senses, how can you relate that to something to, to get people through it? So he goes to a movie, right? And all of a sudden he goes to a movie. Everybody else was just like, oh, that was a great movie. It was, you know, whatever. It was funny. It was this. It was that. He can get a message out of it. And so you kind of got me in that zone where every time I hear something, if I'm watching a commercial, if I hear something on the radio, you know, I kind of try to think of, of how I can relate that to a message. And for me today, I was driving home from the gym. And there was a guy that came on the radio. It was a commercial. And he was like, have you ever had a DUI? You, you ever been caught drunk driving? You know, call me and let me help you get the lowest insurance rate possible. And I was like, wow. I said, my man about to make a killing, E. You know why? Now, I've never had a DUI. You've never had a DUI. And obviously. And but there are people out there who've had DUIs. And trust me, if they heard that commercial and this guy says, because I'm assuming e, when you get a DUI, you got Geico, you got Nationwide. I don't know who you got, but I'm assuming rightfully so. If you get a DUI, they probably raise your rates, right? Because they like, OK, you out here drinking and driving, you crash. You know, that's a lot of liability, whatever. So they probably spike your rates way up. Well, the guy on the radio came on and said, I specialize in insurance for people who have gotten a DUI in the past. Call me and I can get you the lowest rate. Right then and there, my man has carved out a space where he's saying, yo, I am the master at this. If you have this particular problem in this particular niche, I'm your guy to call. He didn't say if you need car insurance. He said if you need DUI car insurance. And so that's kind of what I want to stress to people is, what have you mastered, right? If you're going to open up a business, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, whatever the field is, if you're a speaker, it doesn't matter, right? If you're going to get into it, master something and master something very specific, right? Somebody told me the other day, I was working with one of my clients and he, you know, was talking about all the things he liked to do. And he was like, you know, I really like acting and I like photography and, you know, I'm into, you know, advertising and commercials. And I said, okay, cool. Let's just take all five of those things, right? We'll take all five of those things you just mentioned, right? Let's assume now, you know, we operate on the 120 principle, right. you know, but for the for the sake of my math right now, let's just say we're operating off 100%, right? So I said, if you have all these five things that you're, you're telling me you're super passionate about, these five things, what's the maximum percentage you can give to each one? Absolutely. What's the maximum percentage? Right. And if my math is correct, E is 20%. Right. You can give 20% to photography. You can give 20% to acting. You can give 20% to your advertising and marketing career, 20% to your restaurant, whatever the other you know, uh, variables were. I said, you can only give 20% to those. Now, let me ask you, how in the devil are you going to beat out somebody who's given 100% at just photography alone? How will you ever beat out that Absolutely. one person who just, they yeah. wake up, eat, sleep, yeah. and breathe photography? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's my thing is we have to learn yeah. to master things. We have to get a specific niche that will take people to the next level that people, when they think of you, when they think of motivation, you think of an ET. When you think of, you know, ins inspiration, motivational videos, thank God it's Monday, you are thinking of Eric Thomas. And many of us get into business and we get into our careers and we go through college and we haven't mastered one thing. There's not one thing that we can say we're the master. Of. I said it before at one of the sessions. I said, the guy at Waffle House, he's a chef, right? And so is uh, 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 Guy Fieri. He's a chef too. One of them got a travel channel where he's cooking all across the world, and one of them flipping, you know, eggs and scrambling eggs for $8 an hour at Waffle House, but they're both chefs. What's the difference? One of them has mastered to a T food, right? He knows the root of origin of the food. He knows what temperature is supposed to be when it hits your plate. He knows what season is supposed to go on. He knows what it's supposed to be paired with. It's supposed to be paired with a white wine, a red wine, whatever. My man has literally mastered something. So if I ask the guy at Waffle House, 
How much do you charge to come into my house and cook for me and my wife for a nice romantic evening? My, my, my man might say $20, $30, right? It's an hour. Cool, I'll take 50 bucks. Right? If I call Guy Fieri right now, e, how much you think he'll charge me to come cook for me and Candace? Oh, man, probably some thousands. He probably wouldn't right. even come I mean, cook. And my man might charge me 50 grand and two first-class plane tickets. I don't know. But because he's a master, now he can command whatever Absolutely. salary he wants. Absolutely. I pay the guys who do my lawn, e, I pay him 50 bucks a month. They come out, they do my lawn. It's a, you know, it's, My lawn ain't huge. It ain't nothing out of control. But they edge it, they trim it up, boom, and they gone. It take them 20 minutes and they out of here. I don't know who the top landscaper in Atlanta is, Georgia, in the United States, but I guarantee you, my man probably don't even have spots available to come to your lawn because he's got, he's probably full with clientele and he's got all the lawns he could possibly do because he has mastered it. And if you make yourself a master, you make yourself indispensable. And so for people out there who you want to go to the next level, ask yourself for real, what can you become a master of? What is the thing, your one thing that's going to take you to the next level? E, if I could tell a quick story real quick, and I know I'm rambling, but this is so important. It is. Um, I had some squirrels in my attic, right? And I didn't know they were squirrels. Me and Candace went to sleep one night, and it was probably like 2, 3 in the morning. She woke me up. She said, wait, wake up, wake up, babe, wake up. I'm like, what's going on? She was like, there's something in the attic. There's something in the attic. And, of course, I hear scratching and clawing, and I'm like, boo, go back to bed. It's, it's you know, late, it's late, whatever. And she was like, no, I can't even sleep. So she stayed up the whole night, couldn't sleep. So I'm like, all right. So I know now it's going to be a thing, right? She's sitting up in the bed like, you know, nervous. Something going to break through the ceiling. I don't know. You know, so I'm, I'm, I don't know what is up there. I don't know if it's a possum, a raccoon, squirrels, whatever. But I call. So, so of course, you know, first things first in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning, I call up. I just go, you know, to my phone, Google, you know, pest control, whatever. I'm not going up there. I'm going to just be real. I'm a city kid. So I'm, I'm definitely not trying to peek my head up there and get swiped with a claw. So. What I did is I actually went on Google and I, you know, typed in pest control, Atlanta, whatever. And I called the first number and I got no answer. I left the message. Cool. Called the second number. I got no answer. Left the message. Cool. No, you know, whatever. I called the third number. Guy picks up on the first ring. Real nice guy named Shane. Got to know him really well. And I said, um, hey, you know what's going on? You know, I, I got something living in the attic. And Shane said, you know, well, what time of night did you hear it? And it was like, well, it was about two o'clock. And he said, okay. And was it like intermittent? Did you hear it like on and off? Or was it just like a continuous loud scratching? I said, no, it was kind of intermittent. He said, did it sound like it was big? Like, was it making any thuds? Or was it kind of just like scratching? So it was just scratching. He said, okay, cool. You got flying squirrels. Wow. And I'm like, whoa. Wow. He, you know what I'm saying? Wow. I don't know. I'm from the mitten. I don't really believe we have flying squirrels. Right. So, my, but my man's like, no, they're flying squirrels. I know because, you know, the time of the year, you know, the, the temperature just dropped and they need a very small space in which they can get through and they could, you know, tear your whole, uh, you know, stuff up up there yeah, if you don't get it taken yeah. care of. So I said, okay, cool. So my man said, I'll be out there later on this afternoon. So my man comes out later in the afternoon. He goes up in the attic. Sure enough, as he said, it's flying squirrels. He can tell by the footprints. Now the squirrels are out of the house at this point. So he goes up there, he checks everything out, he sees the footprints, he takes pictures of it, he comes down, he shows me, and he's like, yo, he's like, uh, you know, here's what you know what you have. And I say, okay, cool, it's flying squirrels. I say, all right, cool, how do we get them out of here? He said, well, I can set some traps, you know, I'll come back later on, you know, they'll, they'll, you know they're, they're not very smart, so they go into traps immediately and we can take them out of here. And I said, okay, cool, you know, how much does that cost? He said, well, that's about $300, you know, I can get that taken care of. I said, done deal. He said, but, you know, the you you have to fix the you know the uh, the problem outside or they're going to come back 
right? Or you, they'll, you'll be calling me next week and we right, can continue right, to play right. the 300 $350 game every week. Or he said, I can seal up the entire perimeter of your house and guarantee that no pest will ever get in here again. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm liking that because I don't have to hear my, my wife go off on me about, you know, they back. And so he said, I said, well, how much is that? He said $1,500. And I said, you want cash or check? Right. Why? Because my man was a master. He had demonstrated to me over the course of this now seven hours that I've known him since the first time I picked up the phone. He had demonstrated to me a level of expertise. When I first called him, the number one thing he did is he picked up the phone immediately. The second thing he did was he told me what I had up there before he even came over. Just by the sounds the thing was making, he knew what it was. When he came over, he was on time. He was punctual. He went up there. He was absolutely right about what it was. He showed me the pictures for proof. Then he said he could trap it and it'd take this much or he could come up and seal up the whole thing and he offers a lifetime guarantee if I go with this $1,500 wow. option and wow. he'll fix my problem forever. Wow. And E, I had no hesitation about who I was going to go with because my man knew so much and he acted in a professional manner. And I ask you now, for real, if you're at home, whatever you do, ask yourself, have you become a master to the point where all you got to do is hear something around the way about it and you know exactly what it is? Right. And my man is a genius when it comes to trapping animals and doing his thing. My man is the best in the business. Why? Because he knows everything he needs to know. He studied it. He studied Absolutely. what sounds they make. Absolutely. He studied, you know, probably what their footprints look like. Absolutely. The damage they can do. The now, noise they he, make. he went Absolutely. above and beyond Absolutely. and he knows how to fix the problem outside of the house. Yeah. My man then took up some carpentry stuff because he said, yo, I can get paid to take them out of here, but I can make three, four, five times as much if I learn how to keep them out of here forever. And that is the mastery I'm talking about. So for real, those of you out there and you want to go to the next level and you want to blow up and you want to work with ETA and you want to work with Eric Thomas and you want to be on our squad or you want to be anywhere, what can you become a master of if you say, yo, I can come into ETA and I can have your website functioning yeah, like it's yeah. never functioned before. Yeah. I know the ins and outs of the website. I can tell you how your back end data is supposed to work. You have to have that kind of that level of excellence and commitment to what you do. E? And that's the one thing that I want to get across to our listeners as they're going through this pr process and you're in college or whatever. What are you a master of? Yeah, yeah, and and he and is a master of speaking and he's mastered it. And we can get into any door. We yeah. can get into any door. E, we selling shirts. We doing all kind of merchandise, yeah, everything yeah, yeah. because of shows. the mastery. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just want to say this though. See, I apologize. E. I, no, you, you know, know you're I good. Get, yeah. I think it was for, I think it was a, it was a, uh, uh, you made some phenomenal points. And I think that this is something that, you know, people need to not just listen to me. You just can't hear this what C is saying you really have to digest this information but I think this is the challenge see as you're talking there are people who are responding and saying I am a master at this and, and let me let me say something to you kindly you cannot self-appoint you cannot self-appoint you are a master at something it just doesn't work others have to tell you that you can't say I'm the best speaker in the world listen to me we we I I've never said it like I, you never heard it come out of my mouth. Look, I, and I would I would still debate that we're I wouldn't say we're the best, you know, motivational company in the world. But I will tell you this. We own the social media space. We own it. We uh, we absolutely own it. And I'm not saying that because I came up with that. Go on YouTube. If there's anything, any video, any mixtape, any any form of 
positive message, enlightenment, empowerment, whatever you want to call it, motivational. If it's online, you are not going to be able to get past ETA, right? So this is not something that we've come up with. This is something that other people have. It's, it's over. We've got, I don't know, millions and millions of hits, right? So this, we, we're not making this up, right? And so again, we're not entertainers. We don't have some of the same opportunities or lanes that they have. This is underground. We're, we're not on TV. We're not in motion pictures. So when you look at the numbers that we have, if you look at the numbers and we're underground, these are some very impressive numbers. So you have to do yourself a favor. You must get to the point, not only should you not self-appoint, but you must get to a point where you're so good at what you do that when I say tennis, you think, okay, I'm gonna do this exercise with CJ, right? So we're gonna go, CJ, so tennis. Serena. Good. Basketball. Jordan. Boxing. Tyson. Computers. Gates and Jobs. Guys, you got to get uh, 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 candy bars. Snickers. Um, uh, and exactly what I was thinking. Um, some people say pop if you in Michigan. Pop. Some people say soda. What comes to mind, see? Coca-Cola, baby. I, I, guys, I need you to hear what I'm saying. We're not, be, we're not getting deep right now. If I was to say swimmer, see, swimmer. Michael Phelps. Uh, uh, bicyclist. Lance Armstrong. <laughs> you, 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 okay, uh, electronics, see. Give me something in electronics. Sony. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying, guys? So you're saying you deep. But when people say your feel, do they think hmm. of your name? Does hmm. your name come up? You, you understand what I'm saying? If I, okay, coach, NCAA coach, football coach. Football coach right now? Oh, Nick Saban, of Good. course. Uh, NCAA basketball. Coach K. You, you, I'm just saying, guys, listen to what we're saying. So if you are a motivational speaker and we call out 20 names and your name going to get called out, that's not my fault. You understand what I'm saying? If you yeah, are in and, and e, I think that I think that they and, and don't miss what he's saying. He's making a very valuable point here. What he is saying is that's the level you're striding to. You're you're striding to that level of mastery. And you, you can't be the one to self-appoint yourself. Right? Sony never said, when y'all think of electronics, think of us. Right. They put so much fire electronics in the world, the PlayStations, the TVs, the radios, everything. They put so much in the world that they just now we just say that. Right? You say peanut butter. You say Jif. Why? Because Jif been consistently putting out the best peanut butter for the last I don't know how many years. But I'm saying that's the level you want to work to. That's the level of mastery you want to work to in your field. And how do you work towards that? You need to somebody hit us up and say, yo, I'm, I'm speaking. Should I be putting my messages just on YouTube or should I use Instagram? Twitter? I said, look, if you're trying to be the best, you better put it on every platform that's ever been known to man. You want as many people to hear your message and hear about you as possible. Why? Because you want your reach to grow when people say motivational speaking we wanted it to be synonymous with Eric Thomas why do you think we dropped the name break the cycle that was our name at first and we went with ET Eric Thomas and Associates ET the hip-hop preacher and all these other monikers that were directly associated with Eric Thomas because I said 
Drop the group name. That's all of that is cool. We are going with Eric Thomas because I want your name to be synonymous with motivation. When you think of grind, you better not think of grind without thinking of Eric Thomas. And so what did we do? We had to show and prove that we were the best, not by talking about it, not by calling Tony Robbins and asking him if he could put us on stage. We had to go and prove it by putting more stuff out in the universe than anybody at a higher level, at a faster rate, and at a higher quality. It's just, I mean, it's simple, see. I mean, for real, it's simple, guys. I, I don't want to, you know, complex, I make it complex. I want to simplify it for you. you. You have to get to a place where you become so good at what you do that you no longer have to introduce yourself. You no longer have to do, introduce yourself. That immediately when somebody thinks about that particular area, they think about you. So make that the benchmark, right? And then when you get there, Michael Jordan, six championships, when you get there, stay there. When you, I never forget, see, I never forget. I purchased my first house, 25 years old, in a very nice community uh, in the, I'm talking about in the mid 90s, Anderson Hills uh, in uh, Huntsville, Alabama, see. Uh, I very, my, the president of our university lived there. There were some uh, African-American um, uh, business owners that lived there. There were, there were I mean, it was just a very uh, exquisite neighborhood, see. And we were blessed to be in it. Now, we were in the back, see? We were in the back, but we were there. Oh, no doubt. And we were there, see? And I'll never forget my boy Jason Thomas. Um, I, I met his father was an electrician, and they lived uh, on the way out of the subdivision. I remember being so excited when I walked through the neighborhood, and he saw I move there. And he said, Eric, you, you live in the neighborhood? I said, yes. See, I couldn't wait for the congratulations, you know? Right, right. He, he said to me, you know, to some extent, congratulations, right? But what he said that was more mm -hmm. important to me, he says, now you're here. The question is, how long will you stay here? Mm. Hey, change my, man, mm. change my paradigm, see? He was like, okay, so you moved in the neighborhood. So, they, so you're going to get foreclosed in six months? You're going to mm. get foreclosed in a year? They're they going to come and take all your stuff? How long are you going to be here, son? How long are you going to be in the neighborhood? I know you bought the house, but how long are you going to be here? Yeah, and man, yeah. I'm telling you, see, that changed my paradigm. So it's a couple Yo, isn't people. Isn't it crazy how you have those moments, man? And people always wonder, like, you know, what fuels you guys and what 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 takes you guys to the next level? And I think it is. It's those, it's those moments, man, that, you know, pushed us and continue to push us to be great and want to be the master of what we do. I had a, 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 an experience, I guess, kind of similar a couple weeks ago. And I don't even know if I told you this. And he always get on me about flying. Right. And, you know, he, well, I don't know why you're not flying first class. And so I, I've stepped my game up. y'all. I'm not flying. I'm now flying first class the majority of the time. Right. And so it's crazy. E. It was um remember remember when the the weather got bad in Michigan when we yep. were coming back from Christmas? Yeah. So I was at the airport, right? And you know how you get stuck at the gate. And I got a two-year-old son, so I must have rode up and down the escalator a million times on the little, <laughs> you know, skywalk a billion right, times. Right. But we were sitting at the gate and we were across from this other family, right? Family just like ours. Family, my man, he had his wife and he had a little he had a daughter though. She was about Trey's age, about two. And I had me and Candace and Trey. And we sitting at the gate and, you know, they were like sitting in the seats right across from us. So we were talking and, you know, carrying on light conversation. The kids were playing, whatever. And so we're, we're you know, we're all chopping it up. We we're there delayed probably two, three hours. You know, it's a long time, whatever. We had built a little relationship with their little family, you know, whatever. So uh, we get on the plane and 
they're right in front of us because, you know, they let you, if you've got kids, they let you board first. So, you know, I'm thinking that they're boarding first just because they got a kid like we got a kid. You know, I'm, you know, they call for first class and, you know, kids or whatever. And so, E, we get on the plane. My man got his whole family. Now, mind you, the reason I told my wife we weren't flying first class is because we had Trey. It was a short flight to uh, back to Atlanta. You know, it was only like an hour and a half. So I didn't need to spend the extra money to do it. And um, we got on the plane. They got on before us. And I promise you, my man got about three seats in and took his coat off, E, and was like, boom, and dropped his coat and his bag up there. And him and his wife and his daughter sat in first class to Atlanta. And me and Candace had to go back to 32G. And I was like, ooh, I felt it, E. Yeah. I don't, you know, yeah. and, and it, you know, I don't know if it was the competitiveness, and I'm just trying to have a transparent moment. Like, yo, I'm for real. Like, I felt it. Like, it did something to me. And you know, my wife, she assisted, she, ain't, she don't play. And so she, as soon as we sat out, you know she was on me. And she was like, oh, okay, my man felt like it was necessary for his family. And, you know, she was half joking, E. But, like, you know, you know, my wife, she no ain't doubt. tripping. But she was, you know, she kind of hit me with it. Like, no oh, doubt. you know what I'm saying? Like, my man got his family. For, apparently the hour and a half was worth it to him. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. I just remember yeah. feeling like a little something. And like I said, it's not that I didn't have the money to do it. I just was in that space where I was like, okay, I'm not going to do it. And those are the things that push me. Like, you should have been able to get that first-class ticket without even flinching. Like, it shouldn't even have been an option. And that's something you've been working with me about, and I tend to be a little tighter sometimes. But it's those crazy moments that push you. Man, I got back Monday morning. I'm talking about I went in. And to this day, I have not forgotten that moment. I still think about that moment. When I'm thinking about us trying to go to the next level and master this stuff, that is one of the things that fuels me. And it's funny that you just told that story of, you know, how something that seemingly so small can really fuel you. Because I looked at my man and was like, okay, you got me this time. I bet you I'll be up there next time. And so it's those little moments, man, that can take you to the next level and really, you know, put that fire inside of you and keep that wide burning and keep that momentum going. So find those moments in your life, guys, those moments every single day yeah, yeah, when you know you're not em, exactly where you're supposed to be. Yeah, that fuels your fire em. to the next level. Yeah, create them. Get around people who you know have Yeah, create them, man. You create know what I'm saying? Sure. Create them. You know, create them. Get around people that stretch you. Get around people that's flying in first class if you're not. Get around people that are in private jets. Like, forget what people tell you. Oh, you think you're big time. No. Get around gold, Olympic, you know, medal care. Get around people who won Grammys. Get around, you know, people who won Oscars. Get around people who won whatever, man, whatever it is, you know, whatever your space is. And I'm not saying do it so you can win a trophy or win an award, but I'm saying get around the people who are ambitious. Get around the people who... Who, who are hungry, who's starving. Get around those people. And, you know, I, I, I got to say this, you know, um, uh, you know, if you've been watching the Australian Open, um, Serena Williams has an opportunity to be, you know, number uh, one in the world in the, in the open air in terms of, um, you know, how many, um, you know, grand slams she's won, et cetera. You know, but what a lot of people don't want to do, man, you got to give Venus her, her, her credit. Like, she was winning for years, and this is who... Serena was sparring with. So you're seeing, you're seeing the legacy of, of Venus continue. Serena was sparring with Venus, her oldest sister. Venus was winning first. Venus was murdering mm -hmm. the game in the beginning. She was dominating. And so this is who she's sparring with. Bill Gates and Steve Jobs knew each other. These, these guys are sparring together. You, you, know, you understand what I'm saying? These, mm -hmm. these guys are going head to head. 
uh, Magic and Larry Bird was going head to head. You know, they was they, they, they were sparring with each other. So I'm telling you, man, this is important. Yeah, what C is saying is these moments are important, but don't wait yeah. for them to happen. Get in environments where it's more than likely to challenge you. More than likely, you're going to be held accountable. More than likely, you're going to be pushed. Yep, I agree a thousand percent, man. And with that, we're going to make the transition. We got a, a question uh, here. And of course, this segment is called Ask ET. Go to Twitter, man. Go to Instagram. Use the hashtag Ask ET. You can email us at info at ET Inspires and we'll get your questions on the podcast and how the man himself answer them. Of course, this segment, as always, is brought to you by ETA Grind Gear. Redefining the grind one day at a time. Listeners to our podcast can use the promo code SECRET to SUCCESS and get an extra 20% off at checkout. Available exclusively at etinspires.com. Go check out the Average Skill Phenomenal Wheel. Get you some gear. And, um, yeah, use use the promo code, man. You guys will save big uh, at the register. So thanks for that. The first question, E, let me see who we got. The first question is actually coming from a young lady. Her name is Tamala, and she's in Los Angeles and wants to know, Oh, this is a good one. Who is E.T.'s celebrity crush? <laughs> <laughs> celebrity crush. All right, so I, 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 I think I know. Uh, and let me say this. You just I, mentioned I, it. I know he don't know because he's too young to know. He way too young to know. Uh, but, man, my celebrity crush, before they even came out with this, there's some new stuff Women they got Crush out. Wednesday. Yeah, this, this, uh, this was long before social media, but it was I'm the light. I, 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 MC Light. MC Light is my celebrity <laughs> crush. And I know that's crazy, but from way back when MC said, what you say to me is still paper thin, you know, in the jogging suits. <laughs> I've been an MC Light head since I was, wow. um, so, hey, and I'm hurt because I sent her a package when I was in college and I don't, she never responded <laughs> back to me. Uh, so if somebody oh, out there know MC Light, you get this out to MC Light that your boy E.T. sent her a package and she never responded. And I'm still hurt. That was 20 years ago. And I'm still wow. hurt by it. Wow. See, now I thought you were going to go with, with Serena because oh. that, that's your little bumblebee. The bumblebee. Now, see, <laughs> this is why everybody swept me because I love Serena. But the reality is I love Venus and Serena. It's just that Venus, you know, unfortunately uh, uh, got a rare right. disease and she hadn't been dominant in a while. So you haven't heard me talk about her because uh, she hadn't been dominant. I'm going to need to call in the unofficial judge for this. Carl, have you ever heard E talk about <laughs> Venus with as much Carl passion he and emotion Carl said he, he ain't getting in Carl said he ain't getting in it. Carl said he ain't in it and he ain't in I, it. I never said, Carl, I need a way in, please, brother, please. <laughs> He's been doing keynotes about Serena for the last 15 years, and I've never seen it stop. So, no, I thought that was going to be it. But you you go, you hit us with MC Light, bro. That's that's uh, definitely something that we were not really ready for. So uh, we'll jump into the next one, E. If you don't mind, Jason from Maryville says, Hey, ET, love the podcast. You guys are great. Um, having some trouble. I'm studying hard, but I'm still failing tests. What do you suggest I do? Yeah, well, uh, you know, here we go. See, the, uh, of course, that's a great question for me because I had that challenge for years. And I think what I did wrong, see, is I thought studying harder was the key when really is studying smarter. Because here's the reality, see, if you're studying the wrong thing harder, see, you're going to get the same results. You know, and that's where people make a mistake. They think if they go hard. Well, if you're going hard, with um, techniques that are not sound, you're gonna get the same result. So I, I would say to you, you know, one of the things that, depending on what university you're at, they have a learning resource center. And one of the things you can go in and do is take a test. Uh, and it actually will test 
um, your approach to test taking and will, it will reveal to you if you have test anxieties, you know, if you are not detail oriented enough, you only you see the bigger picture. It, it, it will kind of help you to um, to get some answers on, on on how you study, which I think is critical. Uh, another thing I think you should do is, and, and you know, I tell my son who's a junior in college now, like, son, I need you to meet with the professor. Who better? Who better? Who's better informed? Who can enlighten you uh, in terms of what is required on the test? So I tell my, my son, like, spend some time with the teacher. Like, don't the professor, like, don't get it twisted. You, you, you can't read every page. You, you can't listen to, you know, every second of the lecture and catch every uh, bit of information. You can't do it. So you need to spend time with the professor and ask the professor, look, I'm trying to be successful in this particular course. What do you recommend? How do you prepare your test? What's the best way to study for your test? And then they're peer to peer. Uh, to me, man, I'm a big peer to peer a studier, man, because I feel like if, if somebody is in your course and they are likely getting a 90 or 100, they know what they're doing. So you should spend some time with that individual because that, can, that in, individual can, can give you some good insights on what they're doing to pass, you know, to help you. Um, and, and then, of course, man, you know, my thing is always, you know, studying before you go to class so that it's not the first time you've heard the information when the professor lectures. I'm a big guy on bringing a recording device and recording. And then immediately after class, you're studying what he talked about. Uh, and I think, see, if I'm not mistaken, that there's a four to one ratio. So for every, you know, one credit course, you should study four hours. If I'm not mistaken, Candace probably knows better than all of us. Uh, but those are just some of the um, just some of the things off the top of my head. I think. You yeah. Can do yep. To and study hey, let better. me refer them real quick, man, because this is, you know, we want to make sure we provide as much value to our listeners as possible. For my students that are out there, um, I actually work with a gentleman by the name of Cantus Simmons. Uh, it's K-A-N-T-I-S Simmons, and he is uh, an academic guru, and he's got some outstanding study tips. And one of the tips, I'm going to shout him out real quick, because I, I wanted to pub him because I was going to use one of his things, but what he says is to go through the book and write up mock test questions on one side, right? Like you, you make your own test questions. Mm. And he said the best way to prepare for a test is by taking a test. He said, just like the best way to prepare for a driving test is to actually get in the car and drive. And so it made a lot of sense when he said it. But if you check, uh, just Google Cantus Simmons, he'll come up, K-A-N-T-I-S. He'll come up, man, and he's the academic guru. He does a phenomenal job with study tips. He's got a ton of videos and that, that really help people go to the next level academically. So if you're out there and you're a student, and that doesn't matter, you're college, high school, middle school, you got kids that you know are struggling in school, um, he's devoted his entire career to seeing to it that uh, people go to the next level and it gives it to it, it gives it out in a way that you know is really understandable. Absolutely. Hey, see, he actually my, worked with Jalen. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. My son used him and for real, to help Jalen mentally, you know, turn the game around. I want to do this yeah, though. Sure. See, after you asked me my last question, I don't know if that was the last one or not, but I've got no, a I, question I, I, I want to ask you. Yeah, for sure. I want, I want to get one more in um, from off of Twitter. Joe Kleckner, uh, Earl Ramsey, at Earl Ramsey said, and shout out to Joe for using the, the Twitter to get us the question in. He said, what was your first gig as a speaker and how did you make it happen? Uh, my first gig as a speaker uh, came in uh, either the Norwood uh, community, and that, that was a housing community, a low housing community. Uh, these were individuals that were uh, classified as um, low socioeconomic status, and then Mason Court. 
And so I actually ran a GD program uh, in both of those communities for quite a while. And some of my students actually had children that were in the elementary schools at that time. Uh, and so I guess, you know, they talked to parent-teacher conference or whatever when they would go up to the school. They would talk to the principal, et cetera, um, teachers about me. And so they allowed me to come into the schools. And I think my first check was about $150. You know, you couldn't tell me nothing. I'm like, oh, I'm getting paid. You know, I'm getting paid. Yeah. You know, and yeah. for me, you know, I, that, I see, you know, I, I, I did it for free. You know, I, and I had mm -hmm. no problems doing it for free. So the day I found out that you could make a living doing this, man, it, it, that I, for, for real, that changed, you know, my thinking. Yeah, of course. for sure. And, and, and that's one of the things that we always teach to our clients is how to monetize free, yep. right? Yep. We started doing this stuff free. So for us, it was TGIMs and just giving them out, giving the, the world a taste of it. And then more and more people start coming. And so I related to this. I, I told one young lady I was speaking the other day at a, at a um, Georgia State. And she asked me, she said, I want to be an event planner. How do you suggest I start? I said, plan some events. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so if you wanted to be an event planner, fine. maybe one of your friends is getting married. Right. And so go plan her event. She probably, you know, not going to pay you because you don't have a track record. Go, but, but plan her wedding. Take as many pictures as you can. Execute that wedding flawlessly. Put those pictures up on Facebook and say, hey, here's an event I did. Boom. Somebody might call you from off your Facebook and say, hey, I got a, you know, a bridal reception. Can you, you know, can you throw, you know, this party for me or whatever? Set that event up. Put the yeah. pictures back up. And before long, now people are starting to request your services. And when people start to request your services, now they're willing to pay because they call you but initially you need to give your gift away right give your gift away that's what E and I did right we took the gift and we just said here we were going into high schools guys putting these these programs in high schools for free all day begging anybody and anybody everybody to let us in the door just to show what we could do then we would take the footage and we put it out and we take the footage and we put it out and more and more traffic start coming in as opposed to us going out but for those of you who got a gift and you think you that deep Go out and start doing it, giving your gift away. Let the world see it and experience it, and eventually they'll come back to you. So, no, that was a great point. Now, E, you said you had a question for me. Yeah, see, and this is, man, for real, this is bothering me. So, you know, we, um, we're doing the conference in St. Louis, February yep. 21st. So yep, Come out to St. Louis, y'all. So, so, see, and, and this bugs me. So, in every city we go to, mm -hmm. the very first tickets, which are the more costly tickets are the VIP, see? Why right. do we sell? And I'm, I'm serious. I need you to answer this. Why do we sell so many V... Why do the VIP tickets sell the most, right? The most. And these are people who definitely, when you look at the cost, are in a much better position. Most of them are not only entrepreneurs, but pretty advanced, or they're with the company, and they're pretty advanced in the company. And why is it that the general... The, the least expensive tickets, the general fee, the general tickets, you know, are purchased last. And these are people who need the information the most. Now, I'm not tripping if the $100 tickets go first. But why is it that the VIP, why are they sold out first, done? They get them like three weeks in advance. And most people wait to the last. I'm talking about seeing how many tickets we sell the last three or four days before the event. Like, why is that? Well, you know what? I believe that people who have had any measure of success understand the need to invest in themselves at the highest level. And so, you know, if a, a VIP ticket may be a little bit more expensive, but you're going to get that, 
you know, quality time to do Q&A and be around and, and pick our brain and have a more intimate experience. I believe that those in the know know that if you're going to go to the next level, you must invest in yourself. Yeah, it just kills me. See, even at the success series, you know, it's the 4.0 students. It's the kids that's, you know, right, on the honor right. roll. You know what I'm saying? They made the dean list. They well, there the reason first. They're there, E. You know, right. which came first, the right. chicken or the egg. You know right. what I mean? right. Right. So they understand the need to consume that information. So, like I said, it, 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 the, the one begat the next. And so, yeah, people who understand that next level, guys, and listen to us. That's why we're always on you guys about Be You, right? And we'll talk about Breathe You now. Listen, get in Breathe You. If you're looking, not, not everybody, but if you're looking to go to the next level, if you're looking for that next level experience and you want to go to the next level, you have to invest in yourself, guys. I can't tell you how many mentors I've paid, how many coaches I've paid. To, to sit down underneath them and ask them questions. Invest in yourself. People kill me. They call us all the time. How in the world do you think he can mentor 50,000 people at the same time, one-on-one? -on -one? People are like, I want one-on-one -on -one mentorship. And I'm like, man, I would love to do it for you. It, there, there literally is no time for it. So what we've done with Breathe University, guys, is set up a system in where you can have access to our calls, you can have access to, you know, our guest experts that we bring in. We just bring in a guy the other day, E, tell him about this call. We had Elijah come on. He was talking about RGAs and KPIs, revenue generating C. activities, key performance index. Unbelievable, like, C. He, he was dropping nuggets. He's done millions of dollars in real estate, and he was on the call the other night dropping nuggets. He, there have been, you know, at least 20 people, he said, hit him up from BU, followed through with him. He set up a lunch date with somebody who was close to him, and like, you, you got to understand, guys, People are going to the next level because they're getting the information. So, if you know, you got the TGIMs, you got the podcast and all of that stuff is cool. If you're ready to make that le next level investment and really start pouring into yourself, I say it every single week, guys, get in BU. We have a we have a 20 and I had to beg E to do this. We have a $20 buy in package for you. And if you get in at the $20 level, you're going to get so much information. And what I say, E, it, the, the cost of a sandwich and a cup of soup. You can get in and see the reason why and get on these calls. Yeah, the reason why I had a problem with it though is the same thing. See, like for real, I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the see, the success series for free. See, I'm doing it for free. I'm not charging. It's local. I'm not charging a dime. Every single Tuesday, every Tuesday, an hour. It's on Periscope, and I and I have people coming 15 minutes late, 20 minutes late, and these are the kids that are on academic probation. These are the kids that are. Fifth, fifth year juniors, you know, and I'm like, I, I don't get it. So that's why I didn't want to do the $20. Not that I had anything against the 20, but I, I'm starting to notice, see, that the people that invest the least, the, they, 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 for real, they, they're the laziest. They're the most apathetic. You know, they're the ones that procrastinate. It's like, and it's weird, mm -hmm. but the people who invest the most, you know, whether it's their time, whatever the sacrifice is, it just seems like they get more out of life. And the people that try to get everything for free or the people who, you know, don't want to make that investment in themselves, it just seems like they just don't take it serious. So, man, I, you know, I yeah, asked no that doubt. question because, like, for real, I'm like, is it me? You know, is it no, just no, no, I grind too they, much? I, I'm telling you, you and, and, we're and, and that's why we're trying to change the culture, guys. Listen, the, the $20, like, 
we're not asking for a $10,000 investment. We're not asking you to run your credit card on some huge number. We're telling you that for 20 bucks, man, you can get in BU. You can listen in on these calls. We have exclusive audio. We have training modules. All the stuff you guys hear us talking about on the podcast, but just more in depth, actually going through the steps for you guys. And so I, I li- everybody listening to this, you know, please go register at BU. And Carl, we even sat down as a team and was like, hey, we believe so much in it that we're not making you sign up for six months, a guarantee. You get in it for one month, you don't like it, you can get out. But I promise if you get in and, and you make the investment in yourself and you'll see the great things that we're doing, the people that we're connecting with, the community that we're building, it's still brand new, guys. You guys have a chance to get on the ground floor with us and um, we're really doing some rich things. So I'm hoping you guys can uh, can can join us and we look forward to seeing you at breatheuniversity.com. Uh, e, drop us a nugget, man. We got to get out of here. Give us something to hold on to for the day. Man, let me tell you something, C, man. I ran across this... Um this uh, meme the other day with one of my young um, up and coming speakers, man. And uh, she was just going through it. She got an invitation to speak and she didn't know if she should do it or not. And she's discouraged, man. I had to tell her, I said, listen to me, the inevitables of success. Number one, you will feel pain. You understand me? You will feel pain. It comes with the territory. Number two, you will cry before you get it. You're you going to shed some tears before this thing is over. Number three, listen to me. You will lose friends, right? You're going to have to give up. You're going to have to give up to go up, right? Number four, your family will discourage you. Your family may not believe in you. Number five, people will hate you for no reason. Just because you're successful, you're blowing up. You go, they're going to hate on you. It is what it is. Six, you will almost talk your own self out of it a hundred times. Like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if this is for me, Right? Listen to me, see, number seven, you will doubt yourself a thousand times. You'll doubt yourself. Like, can I do it? I'm not sure if I know I did it before, but can I do it again? Eight, you will think you're going crazy after you talk yourself out of it and you doubt yourself. Number nine, you will develop weird habits like not sleeping and having a bed, but not using it. You know what I'm saying? Getting up, going to bed at 10 and getting up at 10, 15. You will lose perhaps money you know, or, you know, things that you might be might be considered valuable to you. You may lose some stuff on your way up. But see, number 11, it will all be worth it. It mm. will all be worth it. At the end, I don't care what you sacrifice, what you give up. At the end of it, my friend, you will thank yourself for not giving up and not giving in. So you got to go. Listen to me. The only way to it is through it. Listen to me. The only way to it is through it. So yes, it will be tough, but you have what it takes. You have what it takes to make it through. And as I always say, if it was easy, everybody would do it. But if you commit Mm. to getting through these 10 things so you can get to the 11th one, I promise you, you will make the rest of your life the best of your life. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Go to iTunes, leave that review for us. We'll see you next week. knows who we are without each one of you. If you didn't repost the videos, if you didn't word of mouth, if you didn't spread our message, we wouldn't be here. So as much as it is an honor for you, trust me when I tell you, and on behalf of my staff, thank you to you and thank you to everybody else in the room. Thank you so much. That's it.